Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Ms. Perrington. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've also got a festivals page. And our FPIA 2022 page where you can keep up with all the contest results. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we'll share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, this is our third interview with our guest, first in 2016 in our very early days, then again in 2018, and each has been preceded by pretty big leaps in her career. What's always stood out for me is that she, everything that she's ever tried, she's succeeded at, and that goes back to something we talked about in that 2016 uh, episode. She's a 2017 fresh face for Just for Laughs. She's currently on Comedy Chingonas on HBO Max, This Joka on Roku, and she recently landed her first guest star role on The Garcias on HBO Max. She released her debut album, My Birthday Tomorrow, my birthday is tomorrow. True. <laughs> in 2020, she's got a podcast with her longtime best friend, Michael Folk, called I'm Not Busy. She moved to L.A., but during the pandemic, quietly returned to Austin. And this year, she was voted Best Stand-Up Comic in Austin by the Austin Chronicle and was named on Variety's Top 10 Comics to Watch. And last but not least, she has been opening for Chelsea Handler's Vaccinated and Horny Tour. And now, welcome back. Comedy Wham presents our guest, Vanessa Gonzalez. Hello. Hi. Welcome back, Vanessa. Hi. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm excited. Yeah, this is our third time together. This is the first time that due to your crazy busy schedule, we're, we're doing it by Zoom now. So, you know, it's, yes. it's funny with some of the comics, um, that I meet with regularly just to kind of do check-in podcasts, which the, the big one that I, that I meet with or record with is Jeremiah Watkins, who I met. Oh, nice. Hour. And it's like incrementally, you know, they, you have less and less time. And <laughs> this year, what was funny is I had to work through his manager to oh, yes. time because he's so busy that he had to figure out, you know, he'd let her figure out exactly when, You'd have to yeah. for me. Just like, <laughs> and your feels just keep like blowing up. 
Yeah, well, it's funny. This weekend, um, one of my best friends in sixth grade got married. So we've been just doing, I was a bridesmaid and, um, so I had a lot of duties and the wedding was Friday and then there was the after wedding yesterday. So I just, I woke up late. So I was like, if I'm going to make this, I got to just wake up and hop on because <laughs> it was a wild weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that I, that I want to say from the get go about you and like all the things that have been blowing up for you is like, you're still, you know, Vanessa from Laredo at your core. And I love that. Like, uh, I was re-listening to your album yesterday and, you know, one of the through lines that's always been there about you Vanessa is your absolute love of your parents and it just comes through like you know the silly the silly taunting of your mother in comedy <laughs> but it's so clear that you love her and mm-hmm. she had she had a, a health challenge over the last few years and yeah. at your core like you you still you're you love your parents and you're still best friends and you podcast with Michael mm-hmm. and everybody here in Austin loves you. And that really came through with that best of, of Austin comics vote in the Chronicle. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely um caught me off guard um because I, I had um moved, you know, everything shut down in 2022 or 2020. And, um, yeah, well, I was in LA. I had done like the big LA move. And then when everything shut down, you know, I, most of my, the way I was able to live in LA was I had to tour to afford to live there. So it <laughs> kind of felt like I just had to pay for an address. And that's how people think you're legit if you have an LA address. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll play this game. And I was doing that. And me and my boyfriend were long distance. And then everything shut down and me and my roommate were both out of work and we were like, I guess we should just go home because we can't afford to pay this rent with neither of us working. So then she went back home to Alabama. I went back home to Austin. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was luckily my boyfriend was still in Austin. So I just came back. And we thought it was just going to be a little while, and then it just kept going and going. And even now, um, you know, I kept checking in with friends in L.A. or even my agents. I'm like, do I need to go back yet? And they're like, there's no rush. Everything's still closed. Everything's on Zoom, and we'll we'll still, like, figure it out. But there's no rush back. And that's what I kept hearing is, like, don't rush back because everything's. And, you know, being California, they were way more strict for longer than us here in Texas. So I think that's why everyone moved here during the pandemic, because it was just open. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now the scene has has blown up and there's been such a shift in the scene that like somebody with your kind of TV and and album credit and you know, you, you can be based here now and still yeah. do. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's been working out and it did take a while. Cause you know, it's, 
I think with any comedian that has moved away and then comes back to Austin, it does feel like initially you're like, oh, how am I, did I fail? Did I, are people going to think I failed? How, you know, what does this mean? It's like, is it a step back? And, and, you know, all those thoughts come in. So then when I got the Austin Chronicle thing, which, and I even felt like bad, you know, promoting it and all because I, I had gotten it before and I was like, well, I just moved back and people don't really know I'm here. So I had all this guilt around it. And, um, and then I won and I was like, what? Oh my God. And it's just, it's been, um, just so overwhelming how Austin has welcomed me back and like you know when I have shows they come out and and it's yeah it's it's a lot to to take in yeah you're our hometown hero Vanessa (laughs) yeah well that's I think that's the the pressure of uh you know, having moved back and all, and I was like, no, I'm, I've failed y'all. And then, you know, just to be, to be so, yeah, welcomed with open arms and, and still celebrated is so nice. And I had to do a lot of like growing and learning through the pandemic of like what, you know, my expectations for me and the career and all that stuff. And, um, therapy has helped a lot. <laughs> Um, one of the things that I, that I egregiously, uh, overlooked in the, in talking about, you know, all of the stable things in your life, the things that ground you, and you've been with your boyfriend for a really long time now. Yeah. Been there, you know, through the long distance and mm-hmm. uh, through the touring, uh, that you've been doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot of the old Vanessa's that always there is, is yeah. still there. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's been, especially with the pandemic, it was such a hard time, but you know, I, my family, we're close, my friends, my boyfriend, I, I always have had a great like support system, which is uh, like, I'm so grateful. And, you know, you mentioned, I always make fun of my parents and they, you know, they love it. And I feel like I'm able to just really go in on them because I have their support and I know it's going to make them laugh. So it's all through, you know, fun and love for sure. (laughs) I still remember a memory of, uh, it was a Cap City show. I don't remember if it was just a punch or if it was, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, something else, but I remember your mom there and her, like she was in a full costume regalia, like color. And she was just, ah, she was beaming. And, you know, it's just, it it warms your heart to see, you know, parents yeah. so supportive of, of their child because that's a through line that I hear when I talk to comics is, you know, parents have their expectations and the pressures that they put on a, their child. And, then you know, comedy doesn't pay very well when you're first starting yeah. out. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's some parents don't like that at all. Oh, yeah. And it's it's like I can honestly say like they've never discouraged me. They've always been like, yeah, do it. We we think you're funny. And, you know, they were always like, well, have a day job and pay your bills. We're not going to help you. But if you're going to do it, yeah, do it. And, you know, they've always come to shows and, you know, Laredo's four hours away from Austin and they you know, constantly drive up if I have a show or, 
they want to see. And my older brother is also, he's in a salsa band, so they go see him too. And they're just always like, we want to be there front row and, you know, with bells and bows on. And in the beginning, we had to, my mom would do too much with like, I'm going to bring signs and like be like, like she's going to a football game. So we had to talk, (laughs) we had to talk to her and be like, no signs, no balloons. Cause she wants to bring like flowers and balloons every show. And we're like, it's not even like that big a show. I'm going up at like, you know, late and no one else is getting balloons. So please don't. So she gets a little, every show is exciting for her, but you know, as a comic, you're like, oh, this is just a, a regular show. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's dig into some of the things that have changed for you in the last uh, couple of years. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. go to the hard hitting question here that I mm-hmm. have been wanting to know since I saw your Instagram post about this. What mm-hmm. is the craziest thing about writing on a private jet? yeah well yeah that it's crazy and I it's scary I don't I don't really um every time the first time I was like oh my god this is so cool I got the pictures and then we did it and I get so motion sick and the you know you feel everything And um, it's so little and you see what the pilots see because there's no door. So and I'm like, I'm not mad. I don't want to see what the pilot sees. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't want the front view of us like going up and all. So it's like cool initially. Um, And I've only done it twice now, I think. I think, yeah, two or three times. Um, But, um, yeah, after the first time, I was I'm more like, oh, no, I'm going to get sick now. <laughs> so so I take, like, my Dramamine and I, like, prepare. <laughs> but they, they don't tell me ahead of time. It just kind of happens because on the road, especially when we have back-to-back cities, I'm like, we're either taking a car, maybe a plane. Usually it's, like, regular commercial flights. And, and then it's like that night of, they're like, okay, we're going. And then I see it and I'm like, oh, here I go. I need to take my, my trip. I mean, yeah. But it's, it's very, uh, go, go, go on the road. And it's nice, um, that it's like, uh, the, the whole like driving up to the plane and just getting on it. I'm like, I want to do that every time. I don't want to go through airports. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and yeah, it, I think that's where I was able to like bond with Chelsea the most because we're just sitting next to each other and we have like two hours to just talk. There's no TVs or anything on there. So we're just like chatting and getting to know each other. So in that sense, it's, it's been really great, but, um, I'll do commercial. <laughs> and I prefer prefer commercial. <laughs> the pilot door closed, please. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's intense. <laughs> so this experience was brought by the fact that you are opening for uh Chelsea Handler on her yeah. tour and uh I can't remember the the timeline of if you started touring with her before the pandemic or, or if this is something that happened, uh, well, I guess her, the title of her tour is vaccinated and horny. So it, it must yeah. be off at, 
you know, at post pandemic. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, for those of us who've watched your career and, you know, newer comics that are listening, give us some insight into how this happened, how you, you got connected with Chelsea and how you landed this amazing gig. Yeah, well, it, I talk about it a little on stage now. Um, so it was, uh, August or summer 2021. And so it was like, you know, we're still in the thick of the pandemic and I hadn't, I was very much like, I'm not performing during the pandemic. I was scared. I, I, I wanted to wait for the vaccine and, um, my boyfriend is high risk. So I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, risk both of us getting sick over a 10 minute you know show here and there so I was very like locked down and I was doing zoom shows um which sucked but it helped me you know keep writing and I think gave art me... was your first wasn't it yes yeah I I did I literally I kept doing uh, anytime anyone reached out I was like yeah I'm gonna do them and I feel like a lot of comics like hated on them or were like I'm not gonna do those and I was like it's yeah it's awkward but at the end of them I'm like I still heard a little laughs and it still feels a little good you know <laughs> like for to try new stuff um so I was doing all that and I would get offers to do live shows but I was still like I don't know I don't know and then one day I get this Instagram message Instagram message yeah and it's from Chelsea Handler and she's like I saw your uh Comedy Central uh special you're great do you want to open for me on the road and I was like uh <laughs> and then this is a spam account yeah I I went to the account and then my first like initial thought was like oh I don't even follow her so I need to follow <laughs> I had to follow her back and then that felt awkward because <laughs> I'm like I know she's gonna see me just follow um so then I was like yeah sure I just like at first and then I didn't know if it was her or somebody runs her account but she yeah it, it was her and that was but I just responded like yeah that'd be great and she reached out to my reps and um at first it was just one show and it was the first show of the whole tour in Santa Barbara. And um I was nervous because I hadn't been performing live and I was like, this is going to be my like one of the first shows back opening for Chelsea Handler with like thousands of people and and like it's still COVID, and so it was like tons of anxiety around it. Of like, did I have I lost it? Am I still good? Or you know, um. So and I'm like, I'm sorry. How much time were you asked to do? At at first, she said twenty minutes, and I was like, okay, I could do that. And um, and I had written like some pandemic stuff and uh I have like a big chunk about the the ice storm the snowpocalypse and and what I went through in that and I wasn't sure if it was going to translate you know outside of Texas because I was here the whole time so a lot of my new stuff is very like I'm in Austin I'm in Texas things um 
so I I was like, okay, I guess this is like an audition show. See if like we click, if I do well, and if you know, I I don't think she's just gonna invite anybody on tour if like you don't vibe because you get you're spending a lot of time together and it's like very uh close quarters a lot of the time. So I was like, I think this is gonna be like a vibe check audition. Um, and so I went and I did the show in Santa Barbara and I did all of my like new stuff and it, it like went well and I felt good about it. And it was, there was something about being back on that stage and like even in front of this predominant in Santa Barbara it was like all white. I, I told her, I was like, it feels like white lotus here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it was like, I was like, I don't know. I'm talking about all this, you know, being Mexican and Texan and people don't like Texas at that time. Well, now. (laughs) So, but it went well. And, um, and then I hung out with her after a bit. And then after that, I came home and I was like, well, I'm never going to see her again, probably. And then she asked me to like be on the rest of the tour, which was like, a a great um surprise at the time I I remember when I got the email where she like sent me more dates and I was like emotional because I hadn't had work for two years and I hadn't been making any money and I was like what am I gonna do do I I was thinking about getting a day job again because I was like I put all my eggs in the wrong basket this is what's gonna happen to you know, stand up, live shows, all that. So when she like sent me this, you know, the dates and I was like, oh my God, like usually I'm like, I'll have a gig a month or, you know, and then I'm like worried about the next month. And that's how it kind of goes. So like, okay, now I got to scramble and get gigs for the next month and keep on hustling. So for her to send like all those dates for like a year, I was just like, Wow, it just felt like security, at least for one year, which is, yeah, which is like not something I've had in a long time since I've got, I've done like full time stand up and with the pandemic and all where I was just like so grateful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fixated on something that you said that after that first night you came home and said, well, that, you know, that was, mm-hmm. that was done. She'll, she'll never ask me back. Was that, was that your usual Vanessa self-deprecation or did you genuinely think something had happened that, yeah, you, you wouldn't get another shot to, to keep doing that touring? Because- uh, no, I mean, I thought everything, like I thought I, I had a good set and afterwards she was very nice and, um, and like we hung out and, but I, you know, I've opened for other people before and it just felt, like too good to be true to be like asked to do the whole tour I was like maybe I'll get a couple dates you know maybe here a handful but um I did not expect like to be on a a full ass tour like I've never you know I never uh imagined that and especially like a theater tour like hers where it's like you know two two to four thousand people a night and I was just like, what? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it just, it was, it, yeah, it just came out of nowhere. Um, especially like having those 
hard two years of the pandemic with like not working, not knowing what to do. And then my mom got cancer and it just felt like everything just kept piling on. So then to have this like, ah, like this door open up, I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, I think it was just because so many bad things happened in a row that this just felt like, well, this is, this can't be real. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm never going to talk to them again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, doing a consistent amount of large theater shows, do you, uh, do you have to pinch yourself that, that you get to, to speak and, and do your comedy in front of such big audiences? Yeah, it's been so like, I've definitely felt, um, how it's, um, like changed me and, and made me grow as a stand up. Like, I just feel like when you get so many reps navigating a crowd like that, especially, you know, having the chance to do it all over the country, seeing all types of different crowds. Um, and adjusting and kind of like riding the waves. What, what do they like? What do they don't like? Um, but it's been interesting. Like everywhere I go, I always mention like I'm from Laredo and there will be a couple like, woo. And I'm like, how? Like in DC or in Cedar Rapids, like there's always like a woo. And it's, it's so cool just to kind of, hear or feel like there's other you know people from the border around there and and then even if there's not what I'm saying like they're still like connecting to it and um you know me talking about Texas and you know I'm like fuck Greg Abbott and you know the abortion stuff and all and like people are on are on the same page and like want Texas to change all over you know yeah so that's been like refreshing and if sometimes where we're at I'm like oh no we're like we literally did um Maricopa Arizona where that's where they like started the whole like stop the count like the shit went down there and I was like why are we here (laughs) like are we gonna like get threats or something but I think with Chelsea she has such a like fan base like they know what they're getting with her no I don't think if there's a Republican in the crowd or a conservative like old straight white dude like somebody dragged them there and they're not they're not gonna talk (laughs) or they're just gonna sit like this the whole show uh with their arms crossed so um so for the most part I feel like if you're into a Chelsea Handler show, you know what she's going to talk about and yeah. push buttons and stuff. Yeah. Right, right. Well, aside from the tour, you've had some other um, big, big splashes with your. Well, when we recorded your second interview, you were about to record your Comedy Central stand-up special. Oh wow! So that's been almost four years now. Yeah. Uh, that that special has been out and you've gotten you know you've gotten more time through the I feel so weird saying it but I know how the accent sounds in my head the comedy <laughs> chingonas yeah, yeah the Garcias and this Joka and it's really cool to lean into like being Hispanic and being uh, a comic 
And, um, you know, I, I was drawing this mental parallel in my mind with your guest um, spot on, on the Garcias that, you know, we just saw Martin Urbano have a guest spot on this fool. And it's like, look at these two babies of Austin comedy. <laughs> nicest people on earth who got like really cool opportunities. He's on the, the Jimmy Fallon show and you're on this tour and you're all still so nice. And like, mm. it's just so cool watching you blow up. How is it being like on screen this much? <laughs> Well, it's so funny, like, um, yeah, I guess I, I don't, um, it, it doesn't really, like, hit me, um, and, uh, you know, I, I mentioned I was at my, um, my best friend's wedding this weekend, and it's not till, and it's all, like, people from Laredo, and people I went to high school with, and, you know, um, everyone's Mexican speaking in Spanish or Spanglish or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like telling me that I'm famous. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, take a picture with me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you, uh, you know, my friend's mom who I like grew up with. I was like, you, I I would sleep over at your house all the time. And, you know, so it's just, I think the fact I, that's just a weird thing to digest is like, especially people from home Mm -hmm. seeing me as like, you're famous and who, and what, what, why did Will Smith slap that guy? And I'm just like, what are y'all talking about? Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely weird. And even my nephew, he's 10 and we'll, we'll go out to dinner, or whatever. And he's like, she's famous. Do you know that she's famous? I'm like, no, nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. Y'all stop telling people that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I feel like, um, I, I, it doesn't hit me until like people start saying that. I'm like, well, I guess, yeah, but not really. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know until I was doing my, my research, to be honest, about the comedy chingonas. And, uh, that was, sound, seemed like a really, really cool special. It was, uh, oh. Danny Trejo's involved and it was recorded in San Antonio. So it must have been like a massive love fest, uh, of support. Um, oh it was so it's so funny like to be honest I thought you know I was just doing the festival I I knew they were taping but I thought they were just taping for like fun um and so I did the set and like a lot of my family and friends came and so I I felt like it was very loose I was cursing a lot like not (laughs) if I knew it was going to be taped I wouldn't have cursed. I wouldn't have been so, I did like a lot of, I, I did a Laredo shout out cause I knew my friends were there. So I felt like it was a good set and I had fun, but not a tape set that I would have done. And then during the pandemic, they, they called and they were like, we're going to make this a special. Can you sign these forms? And I needed money then. So I was like, sure. Let's put it. Put it on the air, please. (laughs) Um, What what kind of things? uh, 
Uh, I don't know if I want to get to this yet, just yet. So let me look at my notes and my questions. Uh, yeah, no worries. Okay, maybe I will ask this. Um, with these bigger and bigger opportunities that you're getting, um, what has your has your goal for being on your own TV show? shifted or is it still like that's your that's your eye on the prize still yeah I think it's I still have that goal and um yeah I I I'm like however whatever it takes or I'm willing to take like the risk or the not risk but the you know submitting stuff and trying to get more into like tv writing and all but it's it's definitely a hard nut to crack into that world you know writing and um selling a tv show and doing pitches and all that it's like a whole new world to learn um but I'm excited to like learn more about it and you know being on the Garcias was like my first time on a real set and it it was just so cool like getting that little like taste of it like, oh this is how it works and it's it's just like a lot of sitting around for a long time and um but yeah I, I think like you know my my agents often ask regularly like every year like do you want to submit for SNL or you know do a thing and I'm just like, I, I just want my show. Uh, that's like what I want to do. I want to host SNL. Yeah. And, and I want to have my own show. And I, I feel like it should, I want to stick to that track and we'll see, we'll see if I get there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, when, when you first mentioned that as a goal, you didn't, you didn't know how industry, Mm -hmm. uh, mechanics work now that you're closer and closer to it like are there things that you you didn't didn't think about back then about what it would take to get that show and has that um how have you changed the things that you do like you you mentioned it's hard Mm -hmm. to learn how to write for a tv show or is that something that you're you're taking classes so that you understand how to do it or you know, whatever it is, however the sausage gets made, you know, what it, what steps are you able to take to mm. learn at that higher level than the pie in the sky dream that you had, you know, back in 2016? Yeah. Well, I did when I first moved to LA in 2018 and that that's like always been my goal. So I was like, okay, I took a TV writing course, which was super helpful because um once you get to LA and you have like reps and all they're like we'll write a pilot write a pilot and it, it at first it seems like well they're just giving me busy work i think you know <laughs> um but no it is it's true like everyone always has to have like a pilot uh ready to like submit or you know when you go into meetings like yeah i wrote a pilot so i was like well i need a how do you, does one structure a pilot? How did, how do you do that? So I took a class and the teacher, um, who's a really good friend of mine now, his name's Ernie Bustamante. Um, he was great and he's a TV writer and it's, it's just been so great to like have friends that are in like TV writing and, you know, to learn from and, um, 
And then once I had my pilot that I, I wrote, I realized like, oh, you have to have like two, three, four pilots, not just one. When you go in meetings, I was like, well, I have my one idea and like pitching. And then everyone like, well, no, you need to have like five ideas so that they can pick or, you know, so then I'm like, okay. And then, you know, watching people like, you know, Danny McBride, for instance, who is just constantly churning out shows that he's starring in. And um I forget his name from Reno 911, but he is also just like constantly selling shows. And it's like, that's a thing that I didn't know before, that it's not just like, oh, you get your one idea and your one show and then you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like the reality is it's like, oh, you have to just keep writing and selling shows um that's you know Mindy Kaling and all it's like Tina Fey no one just has like their one show and they're done (laughs) so so that was like eye-opening and and kind of like I had to like gears of like oh okay if that's the path I need to get on board with and I need to step up my writing and step up my like uh you know elevator pitches and all that stuff um but I think mostly what I didn't know before is that it's just like um confidence you know you I when you go into meetings and stuff I think that's what they want to see is just like they they want to see somebody that knows like I have a good idea for a show I should star in a show get you know somebody that they're like yeah we believe you but if you go in like um can you give me a show please (laughs) um you know I promise it'll be good and I think that's how I was definitely approaching it at the beginning I was very intimidated I didn't know and just learning how much I was getting in my own way like with my own uh insecurities of like my weight or my looks or whatever, I'm like, oh, they're probably not, or I'm, they're going to think this, they're going to, like me assuming all these things, um, is getting in my own way when the reality is, is like you, I go in the meetings and I'm like, oh, well, people keep putting me on TV. What, <laughs> well, when am I, when am I going to learn that it's me? I'm the one telling myself this. No one else has said it. No, you know, you get, we see on TV and in movies how like cutthroat agents or industry people are like mean, or they're going to tell you like, you'll never make it in this business. No one has ever said that. It's just been me the whole time. (laughs) So, so I think um, that's the thing that I didn't know is that I need to get out of my own way and hop on board with everyone else and, and believe in myself. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is such a silly observation for me to make, but I hadn't gone to your website until I was putting together all my prep. And, uh, I have to say that when I saw the, the homepage picture that you use, mm-hmm. uh, for that, and I don't know if you remember it, cause you know, you probably delegate homepage stuff to <laughs> web page stuff to somebody else, but I'm like, I love this picture so much because it's you with your arm raised with the microphone and you're wearing this beautiful, I can't remember if it's a dress or a jumper. I'm mm. like, that's, that's the confident Vanessa that we've been <laughs> looking for. Yeah. I just, that picture just made me so happy to see 
Because, mm. you know, I'm sure it was all professionally taken and whatever, but I'm like, <laughs> confidence, it's there. She yeah. finally let, you know, her career and her mm. confidence level, you know, get equal, get on the same page. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's just happened. You know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be 37 next week <laughs> and I've been doing this, you know, for a long time, but even with like, you know, Comedy Central and HBO and all, it's still, I was always still doubting. Um, and then with the pandemic, it was just like a huge, um, also like, a like another weight on of like, I fucked up, I'm failing, I'm doing, you know, I'm, I, I should have done this. I should have done whatever. Um, I shouldn't, I shouldn't care about COVID like all the other comics and I need to keep doing it or, you know, like what's it did during the pandemic. It definitely felt like what's the right answer. What's the right choice. I don't know what to do, but through therapy and all, I think that what's helped me now. And I, I said recently to my friends and my boyfriend, I I've never felt more confident as a writer or performer. And it's so nice to say that out loud because I've never let myself even say that I would be like, no, I can't. If I say that, that means like I'm, you know, conceited or whatever, but it's been so great to just like own it and be like, yeah, I'm fucking good at this. I am good, you know? Um, And, and it's just so freeing and it, you know, it's, it's helped, you know, it's helped me just be a better writer and a better performer. And, um, I just feel so like, um, yeah, it's, it's taken a while to make that breakthrough. And I think, you know, with, I, I, I was doing therapy throughout the pandemic because everything was just bad thing after bad thing. And it just helped me realize that, and I think I remember from like a previous um interview, I don't know if it was our first or second, but I, I remember being like, I just want to be happy, you know, and that was like my goal for comedy. I was like, I just want to be happy. And I think when I look back and I said that it was because at the time, you know, in the, the midst of all Austin comedy, everyone's just like hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, I did feel like from the beginning of my career to very recently, I was putting my whole worth on comedy. Like my worth is based on if I do well in comedy. And I think a lot of comics do that. And which is why it it becomes not fun or not a happy place when shit doesn't go how you want it to go. So I think making that shift of like, yeah, my worth is not comedy. My happiness cannot lie on this career and where it goes. I have to find that outside of this. And then I can just create and do whatever freely and be confident with it when it's not so weighted in like, this is all I have, you know, but it's a, it's a hard thing to separate, especially at the beginning. Yeah. And then I'm going to go back to our first interview, something that I always throw in your face any chance. <laughs> yeah. 
one of the observations that I made based on on learning about how you got to, you know, 2016 version of Vanessa was you everything you tried, you succeeded at. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are bumps in the road. There's always mm-hmm. bumps in the road to any endeavor. But, right. you know, six years later, look at look at all of the things you you've you've gotten. And I'm I'm so happy to see the confident Vanessa. Uh, it's so cool to yeah it's so funny like I don't know if it's just like how I grew up or my culture or whatever but in in therapy I talk about I'm like yeah it feels nice to be like I'm proud of myself and I'm good at what I do and I'm like nobody's mad (laughs) but it's like that's what you feel is like somebody's gonna be mad or take it the wrong way but if they do oh well (laughs) I mean, you know, my my dad was Hispanic, and you just never felt like you could you were good enough. And right, I think there's there's a lot to that in the Hispanic culture. And like, you know, you gotta just figure it out. Even though they love you immensely, Mm -hmm. a lot of yeah. Yeah, it's always, you know, and I think also being a woman is like, you know, being polite and not taking up too much space, and you know, but. It's like, yeah, so many, especially comedians, straight male comedians get to honk their own horns or whatever and and take up a lot of space. And even though with like everything that I've done, I always have to like be small. And and I think it it was also coming up in like the that environment of when I was in the new movement and the that improv scene, it definitely felt like. I had to keep small also and I couldn't if I was, you know, doing scenes with a group and I got too many laughs, I felt bad or, you know, there was always this guilt of being like too funny or too good. So I and I've always like had that ever since I started was like guilt of succeeding or being too much. And I'm learning that I don't need to feel bad about it isn't that ironic that the career you're pursuing is where you are on stage you are the center of attention but you're you're counterbalancing that with this feeling of making yourself small and not noticed yeah yeah it's It's a mind mind melt no you know it's good you got the the therapy and the help and the support so that you can realize how weird of a message that is to navigate yeah, and like I said, it's definitely been like a breakthrough this year. I've I've felt like, oh, I'm finally like, yeah, not getting in my own way. I'm I I want I want these things. I want to pursue this. I am good at this. I I just need to do it. And it does take like constantly like pushing through fear, pushing through anxiety, pushing through that guilt. But then you just get a better at it each time (laughs) you're breaking a habit that you've built your entire lifetime so it's it's right to to change that yeah Yeah, exactly um i want to talk about two other uh quicker things and one Mm -hmm. is you've you've got your podcast with your best friend michael i remember seeing the last oh i've I'm I'm mad that I don't remember the name, but it was the last improv show that you and Michael had at yes. the theater. I went to your final, you know, uh, show. Mm-hmm. Of, well, this is a friendship that you've had for 
goodness, years and years and years, and you're podcasting together. Yes. um, Tell us about the podcast. Oh, um, the podcast is called I'm Not Busy, and we started it um, in the middle of the pandemic when everything shut down. Because it felt like, you know, every, the, you know, the virus and Trump and everything was so heavy that, um, we couldn't see anybody. So like every phone call, every Zoom catch up just felt like, how are you doing? And everyone's like, not good. Like, not good. So we were like, I want to talk to you, but I want to have fun and kind of have a break from, this bullshit and just talking about how scared we are, how sad we are. So we intentionally would call each other up and be like, Hey, can I talk to you about snow globes? And it's like, yes. And then we would just (laughs) talk about a mundane topic and it would be so fun. And, and we would just kind of riff with each other and we're like, we should be recording these things. They're so fun and stupid. (laughs) So then that's what the podcast is, is each week we call each other and we spring a topic on each other that's just out of the blue, like build a bear workshops or, you know, vampires. (laughs) And, and then we'll just talk about it. And, and it's been so nice. Like I've done, um, like dual stand up with Michael, which is pretty much a improv set where we're just bantering. And I feel like we could do that for an hour because we're, he's the, we're, Michael's just like my comedy soulmate. We've, you know, as soon as we met, we were like on the same page. We get each other and through improv and sketch and stand up. Anytime I have like stand up bits where I'm like, I think this is funny, but. I haven't gotten it there yet. If I run it through Michael, Michael like is like, oh, I got it. This is where I got it. And I'm like, yes, that's, yes, this is what I needed. Um, just like a little boost to get into like the playful land. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love Michael and just talking about silly, silly things. If, if you can ever see Michael do stand up, I definitely recommend it. He's so funny. I don't know if he's like back in Austin or if he was just coming through. I know he did a sure thing a couple mm-hmm. of weeks back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been so, so fun just keeping our friendship. And I, I think that's been always like the glue is like how well, even when we're not recording or if we're just hanging out, watching a movie, our favorite thing to do is just like, watch shitty movies and just make fun of them together so it's it's just been a blast (laughs) nice okay then the last thing that i that i had on my list is this is actually this episode is actually releasing in early october and Mm -hmm. you are actually going to be one of the headliners of the altercation festival yes of, of october so that's a pretty exciting and fun way for folks to get to see you on a smaller stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it though. Um I I start tour with Chelsea uh October 1st and it goes through December. So I'm not able to uh perform in Austin as much this fall, but that's why I'm I'm super excited to be at Altercation Fest. Yeah. yeah great festival that I've seen a couple of years in a row now. And oh, great. They've got a lot of great headliners this year. Yeah. Wow, including Vanessa Gonzalez. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, Vanessa, as we wind down, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you, upcoming projects that you've you've got on your plate? Oh, and and before we do that, I actually want to go back to your SNL comment. Mm I am going to be freaking out when you host SNL. And (laughs) as I have been freaking out this week with the news that, you know, another Austinite. I know. SNL cast. Congratulations to Devin Walker. Oh my God. So, so cool. Amazing. And I know. <laughs> our little ritual, because we watch SNL religiously whenever we see Andrew Dismukes come up on, on the, the features, which we're, we're fully expecting he gets bumped to cast this year. He had a phenomenal last season. 100%. Yes. We always scream, Andrew! Yes! Oh, same. I've, ever since Andrew's been on the cast, I've watched every week, and it's just so exciting, and I'm so excited Devin's gonna be on there. And then it just, yeah, I'm just like, well, now I'm more excited to host that I'll have friends there. <laughs> exactly. Well, so, so that aside, over, tell us about, uh, stuff uh, we may have missed in our conversation and in upcoming things. Well, um, yeah, just upcoming. I'm going to be touring all fall, uh, October through December with mostly with Chelsea, but I'll be headlining uh, in Chicago at the Lincoln Lodge, October 7th. And then I'll be headlining the Comedy Store Belly Room in LA, October 12th. Yeah. I'm really pumped about that. Um, and then Altercation Fest, October 19th here in Austin. Um, and then I have some more dates in December. Um, but you can follow me at Vanessa G Comedy, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and VanessaComedy.com. <laughs> so you can check out that cool picture that I was raving about. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Vanessa G- Gonzalez part three. Hopefully there'll be a part four and five if you'll make the time for me. Yes. Yes. I love these. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed learning about how Vanessa continues to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I have. Be sure to listen to her first and second episodes. And uh, what we didn't talk much about was that album. Uh, It's my Mm -hmm. birthday tomorrow, which uh, uh, as I was re-listening, I realized the title comes from a joke that, I think has been in your repertoire for maybe the longest time. It's one of your longest uh, <laughs> uh, running jokes in, in your, your portfolio. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From being uh, my preschool teacher days. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Vanessa's obviously been, been building and is building up to an incredible career. So uh, we're very, very, very proud of you, Vanessa. <laughs> Oh, thank you. (laughs) This has been Comedy Wham Presents from Vanessa Gonzalez. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Valerie.